And hello, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Jose, and I'm grateful to be here with you guys for today. So I hope you guys are having a great Wednesday, a great week, achieving all your goals. Let's go through the announcements like we always do. So you guys are not following the social media links. Make sure you're following us at Facebook and Twitter at wildaboutanimals.com. A great way to stay connected, be a part of the Wild family. Also a good way to see if there's any updates that are coming on or what the show's going to be about today. Um, also included in that deal, what we just talked about, there's going to be a link somewhere on both those social medias where you can go and you can send me your questions and I can answer them live while the show is going on. Um, also included in that, if you want me to call on anybody, happy birthday, shout outs, all of that good stuff. Um, that is also included in that. So if you guys are interested in any of those things, go to those links like I stated before. And I hope, well, <laughs> I hope you guys have been having a great day again. Um, for me, it's been a you know a great day, uh, one of my short days at work. So we're pretty much done for the day. Um, and so today we're going to be talking about raccoons today. Um, this episode is kind of, you know, for a very close friend of mine. He loves these. Um, he doesn't know I'm doing this. Well, now he does now. Um, so this will be a great surprise for him when he does come back to listen. So if he is listening, I hope you, you do enjoy it. Um, and we do also have some questions to answer. And we'll do that towards the end of it. So we can have enough time to answer everybody's questions that ask me one today. So I hope you guys are ready to get started and learn about raccoons. Sit tight and we'll be right back after this break. Hey guys, this is Jose from Wild About Animals. Um, I just wanted to throw this in and be like, if you guys have any requests for any future podcasts, make sure you leave them on Facebook and then I'll make sure I'll put them on a list and I'll let you guys go over there. Back to the show we go. All right, guys, we're back from the break. I hope you guys are ready to get started to learn about raccoons today. So let's dive right into it. So the most common thing that you guys are probably... Well, I guess the little background story for you guys. Well, you know, raccoons have been known to have pretty much the most dexterous hands in the animal kingdom. Um, And we're going to dive into that about why these guys have such unique hands. But I also, while doing my research, I actually found out the English word raccoon comes from the Powhatan word roughcoon, which means animal that scratches with its hands. That was just something fun that I just wanted to add to you guys because it's amazing to me how a lot of animals get their names because of their behaviors that they do. And I guess the Powhatan people probably studied and watched what the raccoons were doing and they actually gave them that name. So that was pretty interesting, you know, to dive into when we saw, ah, sorry, when we came up to it. Now, the mo- some of the most common features of a raccoon that you guys probably know is the black markings that fall across their face. Now, this has given raccoons for centuries, you know, the main background of being thieves and tricksters because of the way they look. But even though that these guys have these famous black masks that they so, you know, come up with, funny enough, these colorations actually help the raccoons see. Because most raccoon species, if not all of them, are nocturnal species. You may see them in the morning from time to time, but the majority of the time raccoons are more active at night. It's because the black that's around their eye absorbs incoming light, so that reduces the glare that would otherwise bounce off of their eye and obstruct their vision. Which means when there's less light, it makes it easier for them to perceive and look at stuff in, in nighttime. So that was also interesting information of why raccoons have those, you know, black masks that you see. Now, raccoons are some of the rare, the, some of the most rare species in the world that actually benefit from, by the spread of humans. And you're probably wondering, well, Jose, what do I mean by this? Okay, well, let me explain it to you. 
Raccoons are very crafty and very smart animals. They are some of the only few animals that benefit off of the expansion that humans have made. Most of the time, if you guys have heard, you usually hear me say that, you know, because of habitat destruction, pollution or something, these animals are getting affected by human intervention. But raccoons are a little bit different than that because they've actually learned to adapt to what we humans do. For example, when it comes to raccoons that live in the forest, they typically eat what a normal raccoon would normally eat, you know, birds, insects, fruits, nuts, and what have you. But raccoons that live in residential areas like where you and I live, they actually have developed the the ability to eat off of what we don't have, that be your pet's food or stuff in your garbage can. Because I'm pretty sure there's been times where you've gone outside and you've seen your garbage can has been tipped over. And obviously, usually what that is a sign of is usually there was a group of raccoons who had a feast in your garbage can while you were asleep. So... But these guys are very intelligent animals to the fact that they can problem solve. There's been even studies shown where raccoons are able to lift lids off of things, you know, figure out how to get to something. If there's food in the middle, they seem to be very food-based when it comes to their intelligence. So that was also something to really consider thinking about. Now, the main thing that raccoons are most well-known for um, is when you see a video and you'll see that raccoons, they'll they'll take their food and they'll put it in water. Um, most people think that raccoons actually wash their food. You know, they think they're hygienic. But the thing about that is, is like the raccoon is not washing its food. It's actually trying to get a sense of what it's holding in its hand because the raccoon's sense of touch is four times stronger than yours and mine. So basically what that means is like raccoons have a very delicate sense of touch. So when you see a raccoon and it's sitting there and it's washing something in the water, it's basically trying to wet its paws to stimulate the nerve endings. So basically the raccoon is trying to get some sensory information about what it has in its hand. You know, and not to mention, you know, raccoons have thumbs as well. So they actually, you know, they're not opposable thumbs, but they actually do more dexterity for them. So... Because of that, they can actually open containers and jars and bottles just like before when I said with the trash can, but going back into the washing thing. So pretty much the same amount of sensory in their back paws is about the same ratio from our hands to our feet. But in their hands, there's roughly about four times more than that. So what that means is like a raccoon is very dependent on his hands to kind of figure out what it is and what's going on and what it's about, what, you know, what it's eating or what is it got its hands on. So if you guys have seen like videos of raccoons, like I think there's a, like a couple of videos of like people will see the raccoon like putting their hand in their dog or cat's food. And in their mind, I think that, you know, the raccoon's trying to, like, pick it up, but the raccoon's just trying to figure out what it is, and then if it feels like, or it can tell that it's something that they can eat, it'll typically eat it. Or, if it's been seeing other raccoons do that, then typically they'll know that they're, it's safe to eat. Now, even though that raccoons do look friendly and adorable, because even the logo that we chose for this episode is a baby raccoon, and even I can admit they're pretty cute themselves, raccoons are not to be approached or to let them interact with your pets as well. Um, because raccoons are known to be very wild and unpredictable, especially during the mating season time. And not only that, they've also been well known to be carrying parasites and diseases like rabies itself. So, some well, most documented diseases, you know, rabies is one, canine distemper is another one, 
and even their poop is even possible to carry roundworms, which are an intestinal parasite that can invade your dogs and you yourself. Now, the question is, what do you think you should do if you do come across a raccoon? Well, most nine times out of ten, raccoons will run away from people. So, usually there's no, like, you know, you're going to have to fight for your life with a raccoon. But you may come across that one who does show some aggressive behavior. Maybe a mother protecting her kids or a very aggressive male. Um, try to get some distance between you. Um, do not interact with that raccoon. It's, like I said before, you know, it's very possible that a raccoon could carry lethal rabies or canine distemper or something or any type of disease that could harm you or, or your pets if you have pets around too you know so typically if it gets to the point where you know like you have to relocate some raccoons that are like in your backyard or something you can call your local wildlife specialist they can help remove the raccoon without having to kill it and they're trained to do this as well now like i said before raccoons are omnivorous animals which means they eat both meats and plants which actually gives them a very good specialization because that means they have a very high diet and a very unique diet and variety diet, which means they can survive pretty much anywhere and live. You know, like I said, they eat birds, they eat fish. You've probably seen them eat crustaceans like crawfish. In the videos, they eat eggs, fruits, nuts, whatever it is they can get their hands on, they will eat them. And it also, like I said before, has given them the ability to thrive in an urban setting where you and I live because of the abundance of food that we throw away constantly. Now, a last little tidbit when it comes to raccoons is typically they do live alone, but they have had times that you can find them band together, specifically when, you know, in sex-specific social groups. Um, sometimes, usually males will usually walk around together while females will have shared territories with each other. But most of the time, if you do see a raccoon, it's typically by itself, or it may be a mother that has some kids as well. Now, with that being said, that will end the raccoon part of the show. And now we're going to dive into our questions for the day. I had a couple questions from the last one. Um, these were supposed to be put on the last one, but they got to me late. Um, so we're going to answer some of them now. And like I said before at the beginning of the podcast, if you guys want me to answer your questions live, there's going to be a link. It's always there on the social media so you can send it and I can answer it live. So the first question is, what keeps you motivated to keep making these educational podcasts? Well, to answer that question, the thing that keeps me really going about it is knowing the fact that there are people around the world who do look forward to listening to me talk about animals and hopefully that they can learn something from me even if it's just a little bit of time like at least 10 minutes you know 10 minutes can make a difference and I feel like you know the little bit of information that I look up you know and a little bit that I do know my in my own personal self I feel that it can make a difference because for me when I was growing up I never had somebody you know besides obviously my immediate family who sat there and helped me molded this love for animals into something great. Because it really is a great thing. It's a great thing to be like, I love animals, and it's nothing weird about it. And I'm trying to help that little kid who's like, who was, when I was that age, who didn't have somebody like this, who helped mold this education for me. And I want to be that person for some viewer out there. So that's kind of the main thing that keeps me motivated, not to mention the fact that, like I said, I get played around the world and I don't want to let people down and I don't want to let myself down either when it comes to people who look forward to this. So sure, it may seem like, you know, it's kind of a short type of educational podcast, but the fact of it is, is that the fact that I keep doing it 
makes me feel like it's making a difference. So that's kind of what keeps me motivated. That was a pretty good question. Now, the next one is, of all creatures in existence, which are your top three favorite, as specific as possible, down to the breed or subspecies, etc., etc., etc. Well, <laughs> if we had to choose number one, and you guys should definitely look this, this uh, animal up, it's called the Fennec Fox. It is the world's smallest fox, and it has ears bigger than its body proportions. They usually live in the desert, and I believe Africa, if I'm not mistaken, or somewhere in Middle East or somewhere around that area. Um, and they're just the cutest things ever. I remember when I saw them, and I just fell in love immediately. I even have a Phoenix Fox stuffed animal that one of my best friends gave me, and I love it. I still have it. Um, it's just, they're just really, really cute. They're just really small, and it's just, you know, I would love to work with some in the future, or even see one in person, but that would be number one. Number two, um, the African lion. Um, there's just something about the way that the lion looks and how it's majestic and just the mane and all that good stuff. And then I've seen lions in person and they're just amazing animals in, in reality. So, and it's just like their symbol of being strong and just all different. Like when we get to a lion episode, which is in that road down the line, which I can't wait for, um, that's going to be a great one because lions are easily top two as animals for me, especially when you get the ones like the white lions. They're just beautiful, beautiful animals indeed. Now, third, this one was hard, but it's going to have to be the brown bear or it, bears in general. Um, I think bears are pretty crafty animals. They're, you know, they're very, they give off this very essence of power and strength while also giving off this playfulness, even though I know you just can't walk up to a bear. Um, you know, and they've learned to survive with humans. Um, they're, it's just something about bears. I can't really say exactly what it is about the bears. You know, there's not a particular bear species. If I had to pick one, then the grizzly bear would probably be one for sure. Um, but that would be my third top favorite. It probably would change if I actually sat here and thought about it, but it, you know, it is what it is. Um, the next one is, what steps or steps do you think the world as a whole needs to take in order to live more synergistically with nature? There are a couple steps I feel that the world can do to live better with nature. Um, one of the ones would be... I think local governments or government as a whole in a lot of countries need to take the priority of nature in more severity than what they do with other problems. I feel that the government and the people who live in that country should be more vocal about what comes down to the preservation of nature and how to live in balance with it. And I know that's a lot easier said than done because a lot of people feel like the whole nature issue thing is something that we shouldn't really focus on. But the main thing about it is, is that, you know, if we don't fix it now, our generations, our great, great grandchildren will not be able to see a lot of the stuff that we get to see today. And that's not fair to them. And that's not fair to you either. Um, besides taking on some government stuff, like educate yourself on what's going on in the world. Um, educate yourself what's in nature, what, you know, animal behaviors, because sometimes a lot of the reason I feel personally that people don't really care about nature is because they don't know about it. 
They don't know what's going on. They don't know what is in nature. They don't know what this snake is from this snake. And killing this snake actually doesn't... It hurts you because this snake has helped keep your pest control in your garden. You know, it's like a lot of misconceptions is understanding that people just don't know and don't really take into consideration, you know, and that could change your whole mindset if you actually just take the time and go learn because education is key. Education is power. And it actually would help you to learn some of this stuff. And something else probably is just maybe, like I said, if you can't go to your local government, at least try to do your part. Um, You know, a little bit does go a long way. I know some people say, you know, planting one tree may not make a difference, but it actually does make a difference. So little things like that that you could do, you know, when it comes to migrating birds, you can set up bird uh, bird feeders for them to come on their way or when they're traveling to stop for a rest to get food and water um if you find out that like i was stating before with raccoons if you see that you have animals and you know in your backyard instead of killing them you could just call your local wildlife organization they can come help remove them so you don't have to kill them and then that can help them you know get out into the where they do belong in the forest and actually live their life without being killed by humans just some that's just some of the things I can think about. But that was also a really good question as well. Um, the next one is, what are your thoughts on genetically mutating animals? Well, if Jurassic Park has taught me anything, <laughs> it has taught me that life will find a way, and it does. Um, I think genetically mutating animals, it depends on the situation. Like, if it's trying to save an endangered species, but not changing its genetics the way it is, but maybe just trying to preserve that species, that is fine. But if you're trying to play God and, you know, make these unique animals with all these different traits, that is going to end very badly. Um, Again, Jurassic Park has told us these things. Um, And... I follow that, that life will find a way. So I think when it comes to genetically mutating animals for preservation and conservation uh, purposes, that's fine. But when it comes to someone who's trying to create a new animal, you know, then that might be the gray area where I say that might not be the best idea. That's just me personally. Uh, The next one is under severe circumstances, under severe circumstances, animals have to adapt to their environment. How far would you go to survive? I mean, when it comes to fight or flight, it would depend on the situation for me. I mean, you know, you do what you got to do and you ain't lost in the woods until you get back to civilization. So if that means you got to, you know, kill something to survive, then, you know, as long as you do it in a respectful way and not just hunt for sport and just leave it there to die, then that's understandable. Um, for me personally, that's probably about the lengths I would go. I mean, I would try to survive as best I could, as long as I could. And I mean, if the end came while I was in the wilderness, well, at least, you know, my body would be given back to nature. (laughs) I know that was a dark, decrepit answer, but there you go. So, with that being said, that's going to be the end of the podcast today. I hope you guys have a great Wednesday. I hope you have a rest, great, ah, sorry, I hope you have a great rest of your week. I can't wait to see you guys next week. Y'all stay wild out there and stay tuned for next week. Bye.